1: Think Radio. This is Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Are you too quick to become angry and explode, or are you one of those who uses controlled anger to make a point? Are you having trouble with a family member or co-worker who is prone to outbursts? Today we're talking about anger management and how it can affect you and every part of your life. I want to hear what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
2: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. <laughs> President Obama is hosting the last official visit of his presidency, that of Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi. Obama quipped he and the First Lady saved the best for last. The grand arrival ceremony on the staff Lawn launched a day of meetings to shore up economic and counterterrorism support between the allies. Obama says Italy has been steadfast.
3: The United States is lucky to have... Many strong allies around the world, few are as strong and as reliable and as capable as Italy. In good times and in bad, we can count on each other.
2: Obama says Italy is the second largest contributor in Iraq where allied forces are helping Baghdad retake Mosul. The United Nations is bracing for a mass exodus from the northern Iraqi city. Baghdad, backed by the U.S. and other allies, has begun its operation to recapture Mosul from ISIS. U.N. officials have warned that Islamic State militants could use civilians as human shields or unleash chemical weapons to repel an advance by Iraqi allied forces. In a British newspaper today, France's interior minister urges Britain to step up its efforts to identify and resettle unaccompanied child refugees from the Calais camp in northern France. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports a French government in the coming weeks is planning to empty and close the makeshift refugee camp in the northern French port city. In an opinion piece in The Guardian, French Interior Minister Bernard Cazeneuve says Britain and France share a humanitarian responsibility to take care of the asylum seekers, especially the children. The makeshift settlement in Calais is home to nearly 10,000 people who fled war and strife in countries such as Syria, Afghanistan and Africa. There are hundreds of unaccompanied minors in the camp, many who have relatives already in Britain. Under EU law, they're entitled to move to Britain due to those family ties. The camp is a point of contention between Britain and France and a symbol of Europe's failure to deal with the refugee crisis. Eleanor Beardsley, in NPR News, Paris. Apple is in court defending itself against a class action lawsuit brought by former employees. NPR's Laura Seidel has the latest. Apple was first accused of violating California's labor laws in 2011 by four employees who claimed that the company did not grant require break time, meal time, or issue paychecks on a timely basis. The employees say they were required to work for stretches of more than five hours without meals. Under California law, employees must get at least a 30-minute meal break when they work more than five hours and at least a 10-minute rest for every four hours worked. Two years ago, a court certified the case as a class action. Attorneys for the workers say that the size of the class has continued to grow as the case has dragged on and there's been more employee turnover. Laura Seidel, NPR News, San Francisco. The Dow is up more than 100 points. This is NPR News. An $8 million defamation trial against Rolling Stone magazine is underway in Charlottesville, Virginia. NPR's Jennifer Ludden reports the suit is over a 2014 article on an alleged gang rape at the University of Virginia which the magazine later retracted. The article never fully identified Jackie, the woman who said she was raped, but it did include a photo and interview with
4: Nicole Aramo, then UVA's associate dean of students. Aramo's complaint says Rolling Stone cast her as the villain, indifferent to Jackie's claims and anxious to cover up the rape. Her lawyer says that portrayal is categorically false. Lawyers for Rolling Stone say they had reason to believe Jackie's story and did not act with malice. The jury is nearly all women. They're expected to watch a videotape of Jackie's deposition and to see an outside review that found Rolling Stone never verified her allegations. Jennifer Ludden, NPR News.
2: Millions of Americans will get an increase in their Social Security benefits starting next year. Payments will be bumped up a slight three-tenths of a percent, which translates into a few extra dollars a month. The cost of living adjustment affects about one in five Americans. Labor Department is posting a three-tenths of a percent increase in consumer prices from the month of September. That's due in large part to higher energy costs. But overall, inflation in the U.S. remains in check. U.S. stocks are higher, Dow up 96 at 18,181, S&P's up 16 at 2143, NASDAQ has gained 61 points, it's at 5261. This is NPR News.
5: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include constant contact, with email marketing features like drag-and-drop editing and mobile-friendly templates. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits become marketers. Learn more at constantcontact.com.
3: Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio.
3: You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Good morning, this is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we're talking about anger and how you manage that. Do you know someone who has anger issues? Has your anger caused problems in your relationships or maybe your workplace? Do you think that your partner may be hurting your health or his or hers by the anger that you feel coming from them? Do you think there is such a thing as constructive anger? The other question I have for you is, do you find yourself holding things together at work or school and then coming home and taking your frustrations out on those who were there? Your loved ones, the ones you're supposed to be the nicest to. Want you to think about those um, questions. Uh, we've had a lot of. Anger out there in the media, and and I want to talk to you not about specifics there, but how we can better control our own and not model what other people show. I want you to share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline org. This is relative relative speaking from MPB Think Radio, and I have today with me Sherita Brent. Good Welcome. morning. It's good to have you with me today, Yes, it's Charita. good to be with you. I'm, I'm listening to
0: you talk about constructive anger. I'm really, really curious to hear some things today. And you mentioned family members and being angry with those people. I think... To some degree, we feel like we are always going to have grace from our family members. And there's just this level of comfort where we feel like we can be angry and be forgiven over and over again. So I think we probably abuse that grace sometimes.
1: You are so right, people get tired of it, and after a while, the forgiveness gets really old and saying "I'm sorry can is is great, and we've talked about this on this show before, but sometimes learning how to better control that and treat the people that love you and care about you um better than the stranger on the street is what we ought to all be doing mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And, yeah, there is something um, such as constructive anger, and we'll talk about that more later, but I'll just throw this out. When can it be good to get angry? Let's, maybe that's how um, women got their right to vote, got tired mm. of being treated the way they were. Uh, many of the other civil rights um, movements started with, with anger. Um, some things that you find wrong, like animal cruelty. Um, many times people don't act until they get really upset about it. So if you can focus that in the right direction, many times it can be something that's good. Um, but you have to know how to focus and control. So anger is normal. It's usually healthy to a certain degree um, and because you need to learn how to release your emotions. But when it's out of control, it can be really destructive and lead to problems both at work and at home. So I want to talk a little bit and I asked Sharita to help me with this. I want to step through. Um, the, the automatic neurologic functions that happen with anger and make sure I make it clear to you, because I think it's Im- important to understand what's going on in your brain that causes the anger that sometimes you feel and sometimes you can, can't control. So remember that um, the cerebral cortex, the, the front part of the brain is a thing thinking part of the brain, sort of that overlay, not just the front, but around the brain. But there's the prefrontal cortex, the front part, and the frontal cortex um, where logic and judgment reside. That's where you organize, you think through things, you reason things out. You really, that's where you're stopping and thinking about problems. So that's that front part. Now, the emotional center of the brain is called the limbic system. And that's deeper in the brain. It's located um, basically under the edge of the cortex. And it's considered to be a little more primitive. If you think about that, that makes sense. Emotions are maybe a little bit uh, more primitive. And so in that limbic system is where we feel fear, we feel pain. Pleasure, anger. It also drives hunger and sex and, and love of others. Um, for example, nurturing and the feeling that um, women um, and men have for their offspring. So it contains um, several different structures, but I'm going to talk about two main structures that you need to, to hear about. Um, one is called the hypothalamus, and that's the area of the brain that's really busy and very important in what we're going to talk about today. Um, it is concerned with what's called homeostasis. It's like getting us back to baseline, getting us back to our set point. So it's like the thermostat of our emotional center. So if we set it on 72, then if we go up to 85, then our our hypothalamus helps us come back down to that 72 regulation
0: why am I just now knowing this because I, I should have been keeping an eye on my hypothalamus <laughs> <laughs> my thermostat is ridiculous as you is it all about, over the place yeah as you talk about this limbic system that emotional part I would say I need some work on that because you know in, in communicating uh, mind just gets out of control where I, I respond really quickly without thinking so mm-hmm. using that, that frontal part of the brain I guess and I just react immediately without necessarily using logic I'm just impulsive and you know, so I need some work on that part
1: that 's probably
0: surprising to a lot of people
1: too <laughs> well, you know the honest truth is every single one of us out there needs some help, even people like me who know about this and teach about it, we still there are times when we don 't let ourselves pull back to that set point. our hypothalamus doesn 't um, tend to pull us back like it it should and um, as we're moving along, I'll throw out our number. That's one eight seven seven MPB ring 1-877-672-7464, If you would like to join the conversation on anger management, so so honestly, Sharita, the um, that this area doesn't just bring us back to our emotional set point, but what it also does, and that's why it's so important, is it also controls the autonomic nervous system. So those are the things that automatically happen that we don't think about. Our heart rate, our blood pressure, our um, breathing even, our breathing rate. Of course, none of us think about how many times a minute are we breathing, and is that the right amount of time? So um, because the hypothalamus controls the heart rate, breathing rate, blood pressure, um, and also our arousal in response to something emotional, what happens then um, when we get upset? Our hypothalamus gets a little out of whack and has to pull us back in. So when you're experiencing and expressing anger, you're not using your Thinking cortex, right? You just said that, um, right, Sharita? What's happening is your the limbic system is reacting, and so what happens when that reacts? Your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your you breathing hot, rate. I get hot flashes. You get hot. <laughs> Start sweating. <laughs> yeah, you get hot, um, literally, and also emotionally, you get hot. So, um, so that's one area that. Believe it or not, you can help take control of. And as we move through, we'll talk about how you can do that.
0: Now, now I have a quick question. Um, When it comes to that part of the brain and its development, um, is it possible that other peoples are more developed than others or underdeveloped? You know, are some people more prone to anger than others because of some kind of uh, imbalance?
1: Absolutely. Um, Maybe due to an imbalance, maybe due to model. You know, you've heard me talk many times on this show about nurture versus nature. So... Yes, there are some people who are just inborn to be calmer and um, be able to uh, let things roll off and others who aren't, but there are also people who grew up in a terrible model. So all they shaw- saw were emotional outbursts, which, um, which caused all kinds of problems with them later in life because that was their model, that's what they knew, and that's what they expressed. So, yes. Well, we have our first caller. We have um, Margie on the road. Good morning, Margie. Good morning. Thanks for joining our conversation early. You have some thoughts?
6: Um, I have some experience in uh, taking Tai Chi and yoga classes. And um, I used to be, uh, well, I'd get angry with my kids. I, I would hold it in and then I would yell a lot. Um, and also, I had learned to be sarcastic from my mom and really used that a lot. And after I did the, the Tai Chi for a couple of years, I realized I wasn't yelling anymore and I wasn't being sarcastic anymore. And I wondered whether those things uh, affect the hypothalamus. Uh, and I know there's a lot of uh, energy movement with those practices, and I just wondered how that might affect uh, people.
1: Right. Really good point. And and Margie, you brought something up that I plan to talk to uh, about later in the show. Yes, there are. Yoga is well known um, as one of those tools that one can use to help control anger, but not just to control it, to really soothe it, to pull those autonomic um, functions that usually our body takes over without us even thinking to learn how to slow down the heart rate lower the blood pressure, um, even lower the breathing. And we've so many, talk, so many times talked about deep breathing to calm anxiety or anger or to help with even depression. And that's what yoga and Tai Chi both teach, controlled breathing, controlled movement. Um, and so you um, consciously um, at first work on how to control that with your frontal cortex. Um, And then as you um, become better at it, you don't have to work so hard to control it. And Margie, you probably got like that, right? That you at first felt like you had to reset yourself over and over. But then um, as you moved along, perhaps you didn't have to think about it quite so much. Um, so, uh, yes, indeed, yoga, Tai Chi, meditation is another. Um, way to help control some of this. Now, what we're going to do is we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about another part of the brain um, in that limbic system near the hypothalamus. It's tiny but really important. And I want to hear from others of you who maybe still are dealing with anger issues with yourself or someone else, or perhaps, like Margie, you have some ideas of how to better control it, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at org. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back.
7: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays, credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC.
8: Thomas and friends are pulling into the station. Don't miss the opportunity to meet everyone's favorite number one blue engine and enjoy a special show and meet and greet event. Join Thomas as he arrives at the station for a fun-filled adventure and experience timeless life lessons including discovery, friendship, and cooperation this October 29th at the Mississippi Agriculture and Forestry Museum from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. Register now for this free event at mpbonline.org.
5: Boom!
3: <laughs> You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about anger management. Is it all bad? Probably not. Constructive anger, sometimes that's well-controlled, can be a good good thing. But when do you use it and how? And can you control it? Um, Is it possible to take over that limbic system, that area of your brain, that... Um, it puts you into that spiral of anger sometimes. Also good stuff sometimes. But can you control it? And if so, how can you do that? Um, so I want to hear from you about whether or not uh, you feel like there's someone in your midst who is angry all the time or taking out their frustrations on you and what maybe you can do it. Or if you are the one who feels that rage and anger or you're following a model that's the only thing you learned and you need help on that, um, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 to join in the conversation about um, uh, anger management. So we talked a little bit about that that area of the brain that's um, the more primitive area, the limbic system that controls heart rate, breathing rate, blood pressure, arousal to some emotion, maybe a really great emotion, um, maybe a not so great emotion. Um, so it it may also help with the nurturing feeling that we have to something. And um, it also participates a lot in our fight or flight phenomena reaction, the sort of survival instinct where you're not thinking with that front part of your brain, you are just reacting to a threat. And so you're moving along um, with it. So the, um, the, the amygdala is another little tiny part on the brain that's on either side of the brain, the right and the left, where the decision is made whether to send the data um, through the limbic system where you're going to be emotional about it or through the cortex where you're really going to process and think through it. So if the incoming data triggers enough emotional charge, so if you're really charged up emotionally about it, What happens is the amygdala just sends it straight to, where do you think, that hypothalamus where you get that reaction. If it's not as emotionally charged, it tends to go back around to the cortex where you're going to think through it a little bit better. So when the amygdala is hijacked, you get a flood of hormones that are released causing physical or emotional alarm. That's when that fight or flight happens. And that's when most people react in anger or some other fear or emotion. And that's when they make their mistakes. And that's when they say things they don't mean or strike out and hurt other people in a physical way even. So, um... With that said, so now you know about um, some of that lim- limbic system—that that part of the brain that helps control emotions—and then we'll talk about how we move through that. But let's go back to our phones. Um, good morning, Rachel in Fairhope. You have some comments about anger management?
5: Hi, Doctor
1: Susan. Hi. Hey, thanks for calling.
5: Hey. Yes. Um- yeah, mine's not so much about anger management as it is that, um, I've always kind of had problems with, uh, kind of anxiety and loop thinking. And forever I've tried to control it through, uh, exercise and reading kind of self-help books. And it finally got to the point where, um, I just felt like I needed some, some help. And I went to a psychologist who actually put me on some medicine for OCD. It wasn't even an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And, um, that really helped with just kind of overthinking things because uh, I found that I was just kind of really struggling with a lot of relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. But also I found that I used to go on long runs and even the runs didn't help. And now I will go to the gym where there's like people around and I can really, really zone out Uh and really, um, that really helps me to feel better. And then of course, just the, the thing that you always hear is just writing stuff down and just really get to, um, out of your brain and just kind of stops the overthinking.
1: Yeah. You and may... Really... Go ahead.
5: Oh, I just, uh, I, you know, I've just found that my relationships in the past uh, two years have are really way better.
1: Because you, it sounds like you're managing managing that anxiety and that emotional end better. You know, Rachel, you said a couple of things that I want to point out. I think uh-huh. sometimes people think that running long distances, we talk a lot about endorphins and improving mood with uh-huh. exercise, um, but going on a long run when you're solitary, if you're that kind of thinking person who tends to ruminate over and over, then you uh-huh. You have a long time and a lot of silent mind thinking stuff where you're ruminating over and over on that run about your thoughts. So shifting like you did into a gym where the, they're distractors, perhaps people talking to you, music going on, screens going on, where you're not you don't have that. Um, mind silence that's letting you drift into the emotional world that you were troubled with um, was a really good idea. Whether you did it consciously or subconsciously, that was the right thing for you to do.
5: Well, cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it has
1: helped, yeah. So, So the other thing, too, that you did is you sought help. So you try to help yourself. Um, sometimes counseling is what you need. Um, one type of new, um, not new, but relatively new to some of the other therapies is that mindfulness training you have um, so that you're, you're mindful of your place and all. Sometimes that works really well for people, and um, sometimes you still need another little boost. Now, a lot of the medications that help Help with depression, also help with anxiety. I imagine you were put on an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, that is wonderful to sometimes help break that cycle. And sometimes it's just a tiny dose that's needed to get you out of the cycle.
5: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, congratulations on making sure that you didn't give up. You helped yourself and you turned things around for you. So, you know, um the as you said, you weren't experiencing as much anger as you were more the anxiety, but again, that's housed in that limbic system in the hypothalamus and um and you were having trouble getting your cortex to think over and uh, to take over and get you out of the emotional realm. So Yeah,
5: that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for your call and thanks for bringing up some points I needed to highlight um, no of problem. your experience. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go next to Debbie. We have Debbie in Mobile. Good morning, Debbie. Hi. So now you have a comment saying that you're not getting angry when you need to. So tell us about that.
5: Oh no, that's not what I was saying
6: at oh, all. Oh, that's not
1: it. Okay. <laughs>
6: um, I I have a problem with. Um, uh, I work with all women, and I have a problem with um dealing with passive aggressive women who are you know always pushing buttons. I'm a nurse,
2: mm-hmm. and
6: um that it just seems like you know there's a- there's at least thirty or forty percent no matter which hospital I work at, where it seems that um you know they're they go out of their way to you know, really get under your skin. And uh, I have a hard time not reacting to that. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. That is a problem that I think many people have um, in the workplace and and in in personal experiences at home, too, Debbie. And uh, that passive-aggressive behavior, um, to me is one of the most destructive and most undermining uh, behaviors in any kind of relationship, whether it's a work relationship or not because what's happening in passive aggressive in passive aggressive behaviors that you quietly do things um In sort of an indirect manner, knowing that you're really targeting somebody, Um, maybe their weak points, maybe their their button points or something, knowing that you might get a reaction out of them um, without directly trying to be actively aggressive. Right. So those are harder to deal with. And Debbie, do you know why they're harder to deal with?
6: Well, I mean, in, in my experience, it it turns out I'm the one screaming and they're the one sitting back with that little smirk on their face going, I don't know why she's so upset. I didn't do anything.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, I, absolutely. And that is because, yeah, it's harder to deal with those people because sometimes their um, their actions other people don't notice because they're so targeted at you that you end up being the one, especially if you react to it, you end up being the one who looks like the bad guy. So this is my recommendation, Debbie, to to work very hard on some self-calming techniques um, and see if you can do it yourself by controlling the rate at which you breathe, um, control um, the depth at which you breathe. Many times when we're starting to get upset about behaviors of others, one of the first things we do is our heart rate goes up. And the second thing is we start either holding our breath Um, or breathing more rapidly. So to try to slow things down, slow your heart rate, um, to try to slow your breathing and start taking some very slow, deep breaths. Um, It would be best in your situation and work situation if when someone's doing things in a passive aggressive aggressive manner to do as much what I call planned ignoring as you can. To um, work on calming, internalizing things, taking deep breaths, um, thinking about how you're lowering your blood pressure, because you are when you're doing all that, and, um, and ignore, just ignore. And I know that's hard, and you may have to walk out of the workspace that you are in at first, but I promise you the behavior Um, will go away if you can ignore it. Another technique in these workplace bullying issues where they are looking for reactions, I see this in kids all the time. The same exact thing happens. Um, People know what buttons to push, and so they push them, and they love the reaction. So um, a non-reaction or a very controlled reaction where you look at the individual and just say, I just saw that. That wasn't very nice, but I'm I'm really going to forgive you for that. To try to come up with a comment that tags the person but doesn't make you sound bad. And of course, the worst thing you can do is yell and wave your arms. So um, the less... The more control you impart, the better. And I promise you, after you are able to control it and really do it in a controlled manner, I promise you their behaviors will change. And also, in addition to that, you will find that you feel so much better about how you're managing things. So good luck with that. I really encourage you to try it, Debbie. Okay. Thanks a lot for your call. Um, okay, let's go. Oh, we need a break. Sherita's telling me. Um, Mary, hang on there. We are talking about anger management and how you can control it and how you really can take part in changing others' behaviors. Um, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back.
2: This election year has been unpredictable, and it can be hard to keep track of what's true or not. NPR's election team wades through it all so you don't have to. Be informed. Listen to the station every day.
3: Daily at 4 on MPB Think Radio. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: On Election Day, many people will vote on so-called paperless machines. Critics say they make it impossible to do a thorough recount, including in one battleground state.
7: So what do we do if it comes down to Pennsylvania and... There's a challenge saying these machines were corrupted.
2: I'm Kelly McAvers. How secure is the vote? Later on All Things Considered from NPR News.
3: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about anger management and um, the pitfalls and falling into that emotional spiral, the area of your brain that controls you uh, in that, the limbic system, and how you can make the front part of your brain, the thinking part, the frontal cortex take a little more control so that you can better manage this. So, um, in, a, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about why counting to 10 doesn't always work. Um, but I want to go back to the phones first. We have Mary in Hernando. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for calling. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing, doing great. Goodness. Oh, great.
6: Great, great, great. So am I. And um, I was just listening to you. You make so many great points. Thank the you. business about controlling your breathing is fantastic because... When you get tense and you start to pant or your your you know your blood pressure rises, and you lose oxygen, you start to hyperventilate, and that makes you panicky right you just you know it's really bad but um that was great, and also the thing about workplace bullying um one another method that 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 I've used is is you just deflect, and one way you can deflect is just give them a really big friendly smile and say. Oh, bless your
1: heart! Thanks for <laughs> hearing and
6: walk walk away.
1: That's the Isn't real it? Southern way. I like that, Mary. <laughs>
6: yeah, well, that everybody knows what bless your heart means. <laughs> 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 but anyway, or if you don't want it, that, is slightly passive aggressive. You in your, on your own, or else you can just say give them a big smile and say thanks for thanks for bringing that up. I hear what you're saying and walk away. Mm-hmm. Just deflect it. Just deflect it. Don't give up. You know, it's no fun if you don't fight back.
1: They do. And you are so right. That deflection is a wonderful technique. So thanks for bringing it up. You, um, well, the
6: other, the other thing I wanted to talk about, if it's okay to get to that, sure. is, um, um, is, um, forgiveness, the role of forgiveness. Now, when you got somebody coming after you, all the time you, you have to deflect them you got to you know you got to preserve your your sanity but on the other hand the, like it's like you were talking about when you're running and you're ruminating on what's wrong and you keep going over and over well why didn't I say that why didn't I say that mm-hmm. then you get all charmed up and guess what the person that is bothering you or the situation that's bothering you they're winning you're not winning
1: that's right
6: they'll bother you you know just bother you bother you bother you and the secret of giving that up is it comes from i think christianity but it doesn't have to you don't have to be a christian christian to do this because um i'll tell you what ann lander says when i finish my comments but um uh if you forgive the person and it's hard to learn to forgive but you can you can just practice you can pray about it if you're a christian and just practice and say i forgive i forgive i forgive over and over and eventually you your heart will melt and you will forgive and you know what you said about their behavior changing right once you once you forgive somebody their behavior changes almost immediately it's amazing um and as a matter of fact a good way of of um Of getting uh, to that forgiveness is to say, go to them and say, I must have, you know, I must have hurt your feelings or something about this. Will you please forgive me?
1: Right. I think those, those are great points, Mary, about forgiving people. It is so cleansing and feels so good. And I will say that certainly in Christianity, forgiveness, Forgiveness is all over the Bible, but in other religions and in ancient religions, forgiveness has long been a part of um, being a a good person and and having a good, calm and clean mind. So, Mary, you brought up some great points. Thanks so much. Um, Let's go now to um, Greg in Ocean Springs. Uh, Greg, you have some anger issues and you're recovering. Talk to us about that.
9: Well, I thank you for taking my call, Dr. Buttress. Uh, I can say thankfully that I no longer have anger issues. I've been in recovery for 27 years. Great. But I imagine we have a few other listeners who also might be recovering from alcoholism or considering the possibility of entering recovery. And I would just like to mention, and this is For me, and me only, I'm certainly not giving advice, but the trouble with anger for the alcoholic is what it breeds, and what it breeds is resentment, which is Mm -hmm. the long-term mulling it over. She said, I shouldn't said Mm da-da-da-da-da. And the big book states quite clearly that resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than any others. The way it worked through for me proves that God has a sense of humor. Uh, As I was in recovery and trying to, they say, list all the people you're angry at. Yeah. Come out with this list that's pages long, and you leave yourself and God off of it, because y'all, there's nothing wrong with you, right?
1: Right, Uh, never. (laughs) But
9: I'll try to to be brief. But, But the whole thing of it is, is once I figured out how much energy I am. One of my character defects is sloth and laziness. I've been that way my whole life. And when the good Lord of my understanding made it clear to me how much energy it took for me to stay PO at people about stuff all the time, it got so much easier to quit. Yep. I also.
1: Yep, you brought um Greg you brought up a a great point of um something that I want to just reemphasize for others before we go on and that is The anger in your body, remember what we talked about, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your breathing goes faster. It's not good for your heart. It's very bad for your heart to be racing all the time and have that fight-or-flight phenomena. So you use up heartbeats that you don't need to be using up. So um, learning how to control it. Um, I also want to make one more point about the, the alcoholism issue. Many people who are substance abusers are people who are trying to control their anger their depression, their anxiety. So it's not unusual that individuals who are in recovery begin to learn about how to better control that. So really important that if there's anybody out there with substance abuse going on right now, and I know the listeners, there's some out there right now, um, then Keep in mind that it may be some issue that we've just talked about, and you need to attack that. It will help with your substance use and abuse. And maybe you're on the edge, but it might be helpful there. So, Greg, thanks so much for that call. Um, Sharita, should we take our final break um, or go on to our next caller? Let's break, okay. Lisa in Bay St. Louis will be right back as we continue our talk on anger management and how we can help ourselves, how we can help each other. And please, I'd love to hear from more of you. We still have some time to hear about how you've dealt with it or perhaps your thoughts of what you need to do. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back.
0: election year has been unpredictable it can be hard to keep track of what's true and what's not but NPR's election team wades through it all so you don't have to be informed listen to this station every
9: day
3: The attacks have been personal and at times surprising.
9: I think it's disgraceful, and I think she should be ashamed of herself if you want to know the
3: truth.
2: Anything to avoid talking about your campaign and the way it's exploding and the way Republicans are leaving you. Clinton
3: and Trump debate for a third and final time. Will they sway voters when they meet in Las Vegas? I'm Robert Siegel. Join me tomorrow for special coverage of the final presidential debate from NPR News. Tomorrow night at 8 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here today with Sherita Brent, and we are talking about anger management and how you can control it, what you can do, how sometimes it controls you, and how destructive that can be. So let's go on back to the phones. Lisa, thanks for waiting in Bay St. Louis. Okay. All right. Thank you. So you have some comments about anger management?
8: Um yeah, I have quite a few. I've been keeping kind of silent, but you know, as a woman, I feel like I should say something um because uh, I'm a I'm a survivor of uh, domestic violence mm. and um I uh, uh did a benefit because I'm also a playwright in New Orleans and and so I I I did that and some artists contributed and uh we did like a private silent auction and um and then they would used those funds to uh, to just get me out of marriage, get me out of town. Right, And if he crossed the line, uh huh, we uh huh. Because if he went to Florida, just cross the line, and, and they put borders all over Florida.
6: <laughs> wow.
8: And um, yeah. Mm-hmm, but, but to um, but to uh, get a divorce in Louisiana. He, he had to go back to Louisiana because mm-hmm. you know Louisiana's a different code, but I survived it, and I raised my baby, you know, and then Katrina came, and everything the judge gave me it got destroyed anyway, so oh. I wasn't meant- meant to have that you know you know before I raised my my kid, who's now in college and everything yeah. in california um yeah i mean i had I did a d h d little little dance therapy um maypoles for the children and, and got him off of uh, Ritalin, mm-hmm. you know, and figured it was the parents who needed, yeah, needed the drugs more than the kids. And um, and, it, and now he's gone, and, you know, that uh, the empty nest is starting to, to get better. And the, yeah. But the big thing is, you know, I was attacked, brutally um, assaulted, in fact. um, it, it was, I don't know how to handle it, but I'm going to handle it this week, I guess, in court. But I'm um, a police officer, and there's so much going on, and he was so mad, doctor, and I'm so little, and he just took it all out on me.
1: So uh, he must
8: have been in that lymphic. I'm learning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lisa, was- I am so sorry. It sounds like you've been through some terrible stuff um but it sounds like you've taken charge of yourself and you need to journal right down it sounds like you're not through this i would highly encourage you to get your thoughts very organized about what happened and how it happened and the time frame and what was done to you so that you can make sure that you focus what happened and make sure that um that the person who did this to you has to have consequences for this. So um, it sounds like you took charge. Domestic violence, of course, is one of the the worst kinds of anger that happens because many times women and men sometimes feel trapped in the situation in which they are. So um, thanks for your call. Thanks for hopefully good luck in your, your next uh, few weeks. Uh, Let's go on. That's a tough topic. Uh, Let's go to James in Mobile. James, you have some comments about PTSD, and I guess as related to how anger has affected you with that.
7: Uh, Yes, ma'am. I actually just had a couple of questions. Uh, Sure. uh, As they told you, I'm I'm a combat veteran. I spent, you know, four years, well, six years in the Army and four of that. Uh, Afghanistan and Iraq Mm -hmm. and
1: thank you for your uh, service sir
7: oh thank you but I mean it it has affected me I mean we were you know the things the things that we were engaged in were you know I mean it
5: very difficult yeah put it
7: that way
4: it was
7: rough yeah um and so you know I've, I've come out of that with uh and I'm much more controlled now, uh, than I was. Uh, but I came out of that with a lot of anxiety. Uh, you know, one of the things that PTSD does to you is, you know, it's not, it's not just, it's not just, uh, you know, jumping at loud noises and whatnot and having flashbacks or anything like that. A lot of it is just general anxiety, uh, and out, outbursts of mm-hmm. anger for no reason, and right. I've I've had that, uh, you know, many times. And I, you know, now that I'm now that I'm medicated, and you know, everything like that. Uh, my question mainly was, I mean, other than other than my medication and the the basic things that I know that work for me, uh, I mean. What can you do? What advice could you give me in order to help me control myself a little better?
1: Yeah. Um, James, you've brought up post-traumatic stress disorder is one of those disorders that um, what happens is the limbic system absolutely takes you over. Um, You get that fight-or-flight phenomena. Your heart rate goes up. Your blood pressure goes up. You are in survival mode. And you're right. It's not just anxiety and it's not just anger. It's that whole emotional milieu of stuff that happens to you when that happens. So the way you can help yourself is to hopefully you have a therapist who is helping you through this. You teach your frontal cortex that thinking part, that organizing part, to take over so that um, you don't let that limbic system take you over when some of this comes up, but you use your frontal cortex. So cognitive behavioral therapy is often what is needed. So thanks for your call, and again, thanks for your service. I want to quickly go to Mary and Biloxi. Mary, thanks for your call. Um Hi. You have some comments about your anger changing over the years. We've got a couple of minutes. Tell us about that.
4: Okay. I'll try to quickly go over this. Um, Growing up, I was um, verbally, emotionally, and physically abused by my mother. She is manic. And um, I was able to internalize it. I don't say it bounced off of me, but I never talked about it, and I was able to go to work and, you know, do what I needed to do. No one knew about it except my closest friends. And I've always been a nice girl. I never cursed. Um, just always have nice, nice manners. And anyway, four years ago, I was diagnosed with seizures. Mm-hmm. And I've had several grandma seizures. And I've even coded one time or twice, actually. But it has actually changed my brain chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm. Can do that. And
4: I told her, I said, I can't tolerate you anymore. I am so angry. I feel violent, and I would never hit her. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have the patience anymore. It doesn't, um, the best way I can say it is bounce off of me. I can't can't Mm -hmm. internalize it anymore. Mm -hmm. I am cursing.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: I'm screaming. And I just feel like I am going to go crazy. I feel crazy because my brain chemistry has completely changed
1: so mary you're not you 're not crazy. Let me see if I can summarize this for you real quickly um, you 've basically gone through a uh, stressor um, and you are having something akin to uh, ptSD um, or, or an adjustment disorder. So, um, yes, long-term stress, long-term mental, emotional abuse, probably not the seizures. Maybe it was coincidental. But long-term abuse like that does change the chemistry of your brain. It does. There's good evidence. It also can affect your health. It increases the risk of all kinds of medical health issues. So this is what I would encourage you to do um, immediately go to a counselor, um, a good psychologist who knows how to do work with someone who has gone through this kind of stressor all their life that can help you work through this and help you work toward a healthier brain as far as that goes. I would just highly encourage you to do that, Mary, and good luck. And if you need um, advice on where in your area, feel free to send an email to family at mpbonline.org. I want to thank all our callers and our listeners for participating in this show today. Um, As you know, Relatively Speaking is a production of our MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and then also from generous support from people like you. Um, Today's show is engineered by Sherita Brent. Our call screener was our radio manager, Jason Klein. Um, Thank you for being with us today. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. Um, And stay tuned next for NPR's Here and Now on MPB Think Radio.
3: This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how.